on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Microsoft Promote IQ has a new way to, keyword, boost performance, allegedly. Google's interface update has us playing a game of hiding the network settings in Seek. And Google officially launches their bargain bin AI, Google Bard. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Jess Bud. AKA Not Shop. I'm Nicole Waddington. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on March 24th, 2023. Hey everybody, Shop is off today. Mm -hmm. So we have Nicole filling in. What's happening with you, Nicole? Life is just great because you know what season it is? It's Girl Scout cookie season. Ooh. I have been seeing them on my runs, at the corner of the street. And the other day I finally gave in. A bunch of my friends stopped the car, pulled over, and wanted to give this lovely Girl Scout some business. And so we went up and we go, how's business going? And she just looks me in the eye, straight-faced, and she goes, Horrible. <laughs> wow. And Ouch. this is before I paid for the cookies. <laughs> so I hope I turned her day around because we bought a lot of boxes from her. So what's your go-to? Thin mints. Oh. Wow. Oh. Mm-hmm. Thin mints. You can get any mint cookie. They all taste the same. No, they're good frozen, though. The thin mints freeze particularly well. Oh, really? I'm a caramel delights lady myself. I like those gross ones. They're just gross. They're not even good. Like the shortbread. The shortbread? No, like the little coconut gross ones. That's the caramel delights. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I don't know if they go by that What's name. A different Samoa? region. That's the same thing. That's the same. Oh. That's it the just other depends thing. on when you, where you're buying. Just because you're like yeah. once every five years, you're like, does this thing still just taste weird? And no, it's like, so good. Like, yeah, like, yeah, that's weird. I can't yeah. believe they still make it. The mm-hmm. peanut butter ones are the best. Peanut butter ones are good too. Yeah. I'm just happy it was an actual Girl Scout because I walked right by a mom with no troop around her <gasps> selling cookies. I'm like, I am not Cheating. buying from you. Yes. Also, like, don't spoil your child. I know. Make her do it. It builds character. Got to earn the badge. I agree. What's going on with you in mom land over there? Oh, I'm an excellent mom. We let the kid keep a Pez dispenser in the bathroom as a reward for pooping on the toilet. It works. Um, But this particular Pez dispenser that we have in our bathroom is a vampire because we got it around Halloween. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) You have a vampire (laughs) Pez dispenser for your child? My son does, yeah. And, um, so he couldn't find it the other day because it was behind like the vitamin bottles on the counter. And I was like, oh, we got to find it. Where is it? And he goes, oh, there it is. I see it in the mirror because he could see it like behind the bottles. And I was like, that's how you know it's not a real vampire. Oh. And it blew his mind. I had to educate him that real vampires can't see their reflection. And then I had to tell him that real vampires aren't real. So it was like a whole thing. But I feel like it was yeah. a parenting win. I got to teach him something. No, that's good. And that's how you always know a joke lands when you have to do <laughs> five acts of work explaining it. So I'm sure I'm sure that was great. What about I, you? I, I have a question for listeners out here. Oh, like I hope they answer. Yeah, I, I need an answer. I feel like I need to pick me up. And I'm like, you know what I could use right now? I could use going, I need a, like a cult is what I need. 
And I'm looking at it and it's like, I saw that thing on Netflix where Tony Robbins is like, I'm your leader or something like that. He's like, I'm not your leader. But I'm like, I want some Tony Robbins shit in my life. You know, I want some of that Stefan Spencer shit where he's like net concepts and he comes back and he's got like his hair and he's doing like marketing speak and stuff like that. Like I need that, I feel like. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Isn't Tony no. Robbins the guy from Shallow Hell? Yeah, but he's got islands and stuff. He's like seven feet tall. He's yeah. like a guru. Oh, that's the name of his thing. He's like, I'm not your guru. But he's really saying he's your guru. Mm-hmm. So I want to know if anybody out there is like gone guru with with Tony Robbins and recommend it. I need like a cult. That's what I'm looking for. I'm shopping, actively shopping for cults. All right, if you are part of the cult of marketing the clock here, you know that my favorite video in the world is a 61 second little ditty on YouTube shorts that released all the 2022 updates on YouTube. Most of them never came true. One was about NFTs. One was about thinking through the metaverse. And Tables outdid himself. He made, Tables how long? Like seven minutes? We made a seven minute, seven and a half minute. Seven and a half minutes, yep. Documentary about a 61 second short. So if you want to see how obsessed I am with this short and how stupid that short was, we did a lot of work on it. It's a (laughs) way too much work on it. And we're going to do some more things, more skits and more little mockumentaries and stuff like that. But you can catch it over on YouTube, Marketing Clock. Please subscribe. It's a no-cost way to support the website, the the show and the website because we got to pay for that too. And additionally, we just put out yesterday an interview with Ben from Google. I'm a professional Google troll on Twitter, uh, Jill Saskin-Gales, a Zoogler, and myself from an agency perspective. And we went through and we looked as a marketing a talk and kind of assessed some of the current, I guess, atmosphere and, and temperature check of how things are going and how everybody really sees those interactions between advertisers and Google themselves from different perspectives. So don't miss that one. And we're going to hear from Ben a little later here. All right, and today's show is brought to you by Call Tracking Metrics. As an agency, we know marketers love data and clients love results. Yet without a complete picture of your marketing efforts, your conversions might be credited to other channels or missed completely. Call Tracking Metrics was built with agencies in mind and gives you the confidence and insights to deliver fully informed marketing guidance to your clients so that you can achieve winning results and become a trusted partner. Plus, CTM makes it easy. Agencies enjoy custom ROI reports, unlimited sub-accounts, as well as white label and custom billing options, which is amazing. It's clear that CTM really understands agencies and meets their needs. And with all the talk going on just about strategies and tactics and things like that, it's important to make sure that you're serving your clients well. And call tracking metrics gives you these options to allow your customers and your clients to get in, see that data. You can white label it, make it your own thing, and have that value add if you're at an agency where it's just so important because that's what the client sees. Oh, you know your stuff. We've got this. They know how to track and how to measure, and we are going to stay with them. It's huge. The white label aspect of it alone is a game changer. Check it out. CallTrackingMetrics.com. Yes. Learn more about other agency-friendly features, too, and their partner program by checking out CallTrackingMetrics.com. Again, CallTrackingMetrics.com. All right. First up in the main news, folks. Bard is here. Everybody's least favorite AI has made an appearance. If you join the waitlist, I think most people got in. I don't care about Bard. Heather in the office is Bard, and I was looking at it. I don't. I have ChatGPT. I don't need you, Bard. And you don't cite anything, so I don't even want you, Bard. You could give me the access, and I'm not even going to use it. Okay. That was the news. 
or your opinion? No, that was just <laughs> fact. <laughs> editorial. Uh, uh, yeah, reporting news. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And folks on Twitter have seen it already, or if anybody has even figured out how to get a mastodon, it's probably going on over there. But it's a full-on Bardemic. No. <laughs> Great movie. You ever watch that? No. Really? Bardemic? Just the trailer. Okay. Isn't it just the trailer? No, it's a full-on movie. They made a film? Yes. Wow. It's a bird attack. I Some am, of the I am, best mm-hmm. CGI you've ever seen. It's like bard level good. So it's bad. <laughs> Uh, the first looks seem like Google got more failing grades on the report bard here. Search Engine Land had a great article from Danny Goodwin titled Breaking Bard. Google AI's chatbot lacks sources, hallucinates, and gives bad SEO advice. It's a great look. He's got a bunch of prompts and kind of breaks it down, gets a bunch of commentary from the industry. And one of the first things I saw when Heather and I were looking at it yesterday, is we're looking at where these sources came from. Because there's no sources anywhere. And so Heather asked it, how do you cite your sources? And Bard goes, yes, I do cite my sources. When I generate text, I try to identify the source of information I'm using. If I'm using information for real world, I try to cite the source of that information, such as a news article or scientific study. It's like, if you're using information from the real world, Bard, bro, like no AI is using you. We're using you. The real world is here. What are you talking about? Where are you getting the information from? You're not getting it from the real world? You're just making it up? Anyway, we couldn't get it to get good sources. And so Heather put in a prompt saying, where can I find sources for the information you provide? And it basically is like at the bottom. It's just like Google it. But it says, you can find sources for the information I provide by searching for them online. Great. Thanks. Oh, in the real world? What the hell? Who let this thing come out? She then went on and is like, can you link to the source of information you provide? And, and it goes, I'm still under development. I do not yet have the ability to link to the sources of information I provide. And it's like, can you give me an answer, Bard? Like, give me a consistent answer. How, how is this Google's attempt at AI? It makes complete sense based on Google ad support. Yeah. And it I mean, looks just the Bard like is it. Low. The thumbs up, the thumbs down, and the Google it. I'd like, I, you know what? I would like it if Bard was responding to me on the support. At least you get somewhere. Did you, you know? hear my joke that the Bard was low? Oh. <laughs> All right. And then Barry Schwartz has an article as well that says, Google explains why Bard rarely lists citations and links to content creators. He's got a bunch of examples talking about the March 2023 core update showing Bard versus ChatGPT. ChatGPT has got a ton of, of citations and links. And honestly... I cannot f-ing fathom who allowed this technology to come out with no citations. You're out here, and at least you have like plausible deniability by saying, oh, there was a link. I provided the link. You're barred. Your first thing on the main stage was a f-ing lie, right? And now you're out here, and you're like, oh, I can't cite things from the real world. What? Are you doing Google? Whose idea is like, yeah, no citations? I think it's brilliant. You can't fact check. Could come from anywhere. It's obviously going to pull something from the real world or this fake world and be like, hey, I pulled this. It's wrong. And there's no citation. And somebody's going to ask it. And it's Google. And it's going to give something horribly wrong. And somebody's going to get hurt from it. Probably. And they didn't cite anything. And half the time they pull stuff like featured snippets and stuff. There's many times they're wrong or they pull the wrong in from it. Adam DeFrisco at DI underscore Frisco SEO on Twitter says my first test for Bard mixing math and logic. The question presents an impossible scenario. 
is just a final answer of showing all the work. GPT-3 is still so much fun to watch. Ernie's good at math. Mm-hmm. You was so close. Bing and Bard, not so much. And it takes a look at all the answers about uh, a chicken and rabbit problem where a chicken has two feet and one head and a rabbit has four feet and one head and all this stuff. So not doing well over there in the AI world with those answers. What did Bard say? Bard said there's five chickens and four rabbits if a chicken has two feet and one head. What's the question? So if a cage has nine heads and 40 feet, how many chickens and how many rabbits should there be? Uh, nine heads. You know what? If a cage has... I'm, I'm going to retract what I just said. Tables, I'm going to disavow everything I just said. <laughs> Bard, Bard might be doing okay. <laughs> I can't figure this, <laughs> this one out. This is hard. It's probably a trick. A new shopping ad solution from Microsoft... Search ads for retail media, a non-targeting solution to keywords. Those are their words and not mine. So if we're not targeting by keywords, what are we targeting by, you might ask? And the answer is category. Microsoft says that keyword targeting, while a staple for search, is actually a limiting factor for shopping due to the need to build exhaustive lists of keywords. And they're not necessarily necessary. Most shoppers tend to search and browse more generally in categories or digital aisles uh, versus for a specific product. So advertisers using this feature will be able to then target shoppers based on the categories they're browsing with layering on keywords as a booster, air quotes, for campaign bids to capture those product-specific the product specific intent when it doesn't exist. So this is for folks using Microsoft Promote IQ, that platform, so it's not for everybody. But if you're one of those brands, you might want to try this just based on early testing, which of course is always positive. They love to talk about it. It delivered impressive results, according to them. Uh, But they have numbers. Campaigns that boost bids by keyword while targeting by category exhibit 320% higher click-through rate than campaigns without boosting bids by keyword. Okay. Meanwhile, retailers saw benefits from the solution by achieving 8x higher revenue per thousand impressions or RPM, which I love because it's just like revving up your sales. So that's the kicker. If it works, there's not a whole lot of detail in the announcement. You've got to be using Promote IQ. So I don't know how many of you folks out there are on that. But if it works, it could be awesome. I like the idea of the layering, but not a lot of detail. So we'll see. So from Dario Zanoni at Dario Zanoni on Twitter, he noticed that there's a new interface on the Google Ads network selection when you're um, in search campaign settings. So he has a screenshot that looks like the option to remove search partners in the display network is hidden behind a link. And it says view network settings, and then it opens up where you can uncheck search partners and display network, which is crazy. And you might remember back in February, we covered news of people noticing that Google Ads was experimenting with the same interface, but it looked like you couldn't opt out because the checkboxes were grayed. Mm -hmm. So basically same game that they're playing, but different interface. Worse, I think. No one's clicking through that. I wouldn't mind these little games. It's sort of like how Jess likes playing the capture games. Right? And I like figuring out <laughs> Everybody's how Google is just trying to f*** you. So I kind of like that part where you're like just trying to figure it out. Except for the fact of how slow <laughs> Google Ads is. It's like if it were fast, it'd be fun. But you sit there and you're waiting <laughs> and you're, it's loading. And it's like the feed's coming through. It's coming through. And then by the time it loads, you're like... I don't even know what I was trying to find. Like, I don't even know what I was hide-and-seeking before. I'm fired up today. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. 
This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week is the worst take that I've ever heard in my life. It comes from Brent Ben Kruger, guest on Thursday's show. Love you, Ben. Oh. Ben says this quote: "Google is evil because of brand search." Quote topic has gone on too long. Picture this: I go to Target to buy Pampers. What do I see at the front of the aisle? Shiny Huggies packaging with discounts. How is this different? Shiny. Yeah, he's, he says shiny Huggies. But he's going to buy Pampers. And at the end cap, he sees Huggies. And he's saying, how is it different than somebody looking for and searching for a brand and having a competitor show up when the query is saying, I'm looking for Nikes and Adidas shows up? Because the merchant doesn't read your mind. But if you ask a Target employee where the Pampers are, they're not going to point you to the Huggies. That is the difference, Ben. Well, I, I – and then he defended this. Like – to his death. And I give him credit. He is the ultimate troll, right? Like the fact that you could compare going to a store that sells everything <laughs> as putting in a brand search for a brand and say that that's the same thing. That is asinine. If he went to the Pampers store and there were hobbies <laughs> there, I'd say that's weird. Mm-hmm. If you're going to fucking Famous Amos and you're buying tagalongs out front and they're schlepping tagalongs out front, that's what it is, Ben. There's Girl Scouts outside of Famous Amos selling their stuff. It's not in Target, right? Like you're posting up on somebody else's land. That's what it is. That's a better analogy. You're not yeah. in Target. Anyway, Terry Whalen said, Ben, your analogy does not fit. At PPC Greg, get the better analogy here. Google has an amazing business. They have turned down, turned brand navigation into paid search, and they profit off brands having to pay to get the brand's users to complete their, complete their navigation to the brand website, to which Ben trolls out saying, or they're giving an opportunity for smaller brands to compete against giants. This is why he's the hero we need, not the hero we deserve. PPC Greg comes over the top and says, or... They are giving an opportunity for giants to poach more from smaller brands. What an unbelievably stupid take that you go into Target for Pampers <laughs> and you get mad that you see Huggies. He's not mad. He was just walking through Target and thought this would be a nice creative opportunity. Unbelievable. That's going to be take of the year. Now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. I See Why Am I, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked but you shouldn't have. I see why am I people. This week's I say why am I comes from Chris Ridley from Evoluted over on LinkedIn. And this is one of those like, we have to do this once a year because we get new listeners. Many longtime listeners know this, but check out what Chris Ridley says. And it really kind of was by way of the paid search association makers of the PSAC conference. Um, And Chris Ridley said, The Paid Search Association, founders of the PSAC, have recently shared a blog post highlighting how to quickly exclude all mobile app placements from your Google Display ads. However, as I tried to follow it, I found my process to be different, likely due to a difference in UI. So I put together a short video highlighting how to apply this clever trick that all PPC practitioners should know. 
and you enter the multiple placement, the values mobile app category, and it's colon colon six nine five zero zero, and he links over to the PSA's post. So if you're trying to get rid of mobile app traffic, this might help you. Thank you, Chris. Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts: paid, organic, and social. All right, people, let's talk about Google. Better yet, let's talk about enhancing your marketing efforts with call tracking metrics and Google. Marketers rely on Google for so much of their marketing. So CTM built a call tracking platform with a focus on amplifying those tools. With CTM's bi-directional Google Ads integration, conversion data from calls can be sent back to Google as offline conversions for optimization. And as a Google Call Analytics provider, users get enhanced attribution data from every ad, including call-only ads, call extensions, and location extensions. Nicole, what can't call tracking metrics do? That's a really good question. The fact that it can do all these different phone call types, even to the point where there is a phone number hidden somewhere in your text, maybe in your footer, it swaps it out and knows that came from a Google click. And Microsoft, anything else like that, it's not just something like what Google offers, their base level. It can track everything and then put it all into one spot where you can listen and hear if you want to um, and all in one spot. It is an amazing tool. If you get a lot of phone calls, you really honestly cannot afford not to be tracking this and to not be using call tracking metrics. Yep. No matter how you use Google Ads, call tracking metrics provides the flexibility to maximize the ROI on your marketing dollars. Trust me, you'll want to see this in action. First up in paid, Instagram is releasing two new ad types. The first being reminder ads. So these are ads that can show up in people's feeds and people can select to be reminded about Um, certain events that your company might be putting on and they can select one day before, 15 minutes before, or at the time of the event. And I've seen some of these, I think, in my feed already, maybe, or some version of it, some tests. Weren't you giving up social for Lent? Yeah, what happened? (laughs) I'm back on. (laughs) Real religion. I'm still in black and white, though, so. The second ad type is ads in search. So ads will show up in the feed that people can scroll when they tap into a post from the search results, and they plan to release this globally in the next coming months. They didn't have mock-ups of what this looked like, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, It probably looks just like a regular post and people click into it. It's worth noting, too, that it seems like these are two opportunities for Instagram to increase their ad revenue. Um, but keep an eye out, and if you're advertising on Instagram, there's two new ad formats to explore there. And from Dario Zanoni, at Dario Zanoni on Twitter, he had a tweet that said, I think this was released recently in Google Ads. Add new text directly in the asset library. All of the text assets already used in the account are also saved there. This seems to be a work in progress. There isn't any way to use the saved text directly into ads. That can be kind of confusing, but let me break it down for you. He has a screenshot, and he's in the asset library, and in the drop-down there's text, and then you can add new text assets, and there's just like a bar where you can just 
type it and save it. I was a little confused about what exactly is happening, where it goes. And Greg, you, I think, replied to his tweet and said it would be cool, but haven't seen it in Google Ads yet. And then he clarified later and said, the naming of things is becoming more confusing, at least to me. The text assets available in the library are headlines and descriptions. The text of what was formerly called extensions, now called assets as well, are not present in the library. Unbelievable. I'm going to puke. <laughs> this is our next documentary. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We're going to decode Verbiage, Google, Google asset extension verbiage. So basically what it is, you go in your asset library, you can add just text and put it in your library, but then I'm like, I don't know where it goes. And then it shows you all of the ones that currently exist, and they're all headlines and descriptions. And then I'm clicking into the, these boxes that have like random headlines and, and descriptions, and there's like the hamburger menu and you can press remove. But then I'm like, well, if I click remove, does it remove it from live ads? I'm just really confused. Are you that brave? No. Did you try? Yeah. No, not probably, at all. Probably shouldn't. Huh. Probably testing it. Once again, Google rolling something out that doesn't feel fully functional. And then next up, Kurt Malley has an article on Search Engine Land that breaks down Facebook Advantage Plus shopping campaigns. So Advantage Plus shopping campaigns use automation to learn which creative assets will resonate best with customers by generating different variations of the ads. While this seems innovative and exciting at first, he does point out some big concerns. And in my opinion, these are big concerns. First, these are only available to e-commerce businesses. The second, it requires KPI history on creative and targeting. So if you're a brand new account, this isn't something you can really test well. You can't define targeting <laughs> and you're giving the platform full control. So sounds a little bit like somebody we know. I'd say those are concerns plus, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And all this being said, he writes that his agency has had great success with Advantage Plus Facebook campaigns with good ROAS. So we don't do a lot of e-commerce here, but I guess if you are in e-commerce advertising and have a data-rich account with money to test, maybe? And last up in paid, Davis Repslakis on LinkedIn had a post about the new Google Ads interface some people are seeing in their accounts. They noticed that the search terms are now hidden under insights and reports, and he's saying he's not a fan of the new design. Totally with you. Once again, we've covered it many times in this new interface rollout, it seems like they're just hiding the search terms from you. And even if, I bet if you click on that search terms tab, more than half of the search terms won't even be shown, so. Question, do you think this new interface is gonna be faster or slower? Slower. Okay, if anyone would say faster, I was gonna offer a bet for that. <laughs> we no don't. Way faster. In Organic this week, we first up have a nice little find and tutorial from Glenn Gabe over at G Squared Interactive, and he has how you can compare hourly sessions in Google Analytics 4 to track the impact from the major Google algorithm updates, like a broad core update, like the Banana Boat Bonanza update from last month. I actually am going to use this. I have somewhere I like seeing real-time sales data, so I'm going to take this, kind of just manipulate it to be e-commerce and revenue and, and see that. All right, from Adam DeFrisco at DI underscore Frisco SEO on Twitter. He lets us know that the 
Baidu ErnieBot is here, first off. And my favorite thing is due to the presentation being a pre-recorded prepared instead of a live demonstration, it is being called chat PPT. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. Thank you, Adam. Bing now has a new image AI creation tool. I believe it does tie into chat GPT as well. You can go get there by going to bing.com forward slash images forward slash create. You can put in a prompt and get things back. Overall, it's nice. It's free. I think you get like 25 searches or something like that. But the results, not good. Teeth yeah. and hands no, yeah, asked, are difficult. As for one, I was trying to make a picture of tables. I said, give me a 30-year-old in Bill's attire jumping on a table. And it's like, these are like jumping on like wood. Like this guy is going to. Those gonna, are tables. This guy is going to tear some ligaments when he hits that wood. Yeah. You, know, you don't go through those tables that they're jumping on. And then there's another one that looks like somebody uh, you might find on the back of Jess Bud's bathroom toilet with how bad the teeth look. Um, and Those are Pez. They're oh. not teeth. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, I don't know what's going on either. Like there's something going on in that. The bottom the molars. And the Those body. Molars? Something's going on. What's wrong with the body? Something up. There's a slant. Slant. <laughs> and then the shirt. Shirt's weird. Shirt looks comfortable. Shirt's got an extra seam. <laughs> See that extra seam in there? Yeah, Maybe that's the what's right, pulling on it the down. Right arm, yeah. And then Heather asked for it to make a picture of an astronaut playing soccer. And if one hand, this poor boy has four fingers and no shot at a thumb. Like just never a shot at a thumb, this poor fellow. And then like one eye. That's a large soccer ball too. This is not to scale. Yeah, and maybe gravity. Like, that's and his hands, he's got some of those like little smokies, you know, oh. little hot dogs. <laughs> like no, it's the teeth and the hand. AI cannot do those things no, well. Not good. Oh. Okay, in cease and desist news, at Chart of the Day has a <laughs> tweet podcast listeners' favorite app. Hint, it's not an audio platform. YouTube is a preferred podcast platform along among U.S. listeners of this medium. Spotify is in second, followed by Apple Podcasts and Pandora. So um, again, check us out. Support us. No cost way. Marketing clock on YouTube. We're like just close to a thousand. You could be the one that gets us there. You could see these great images we just yeah. tried to narrate to you. Yeah. So yeah, YouTube's where it's at. Okay. And next up from Glenn Gabe, he is adding a little spice to Barry Schwartz's update that Bing is adding chat answers to search results. And Glenn Gabe says, here we go. Bing chat features snippets with the ability to expand on the conversation with the chat box, which opens Bing chat proper. Just tested it. The answer contains several additional prompts, which is will trigger Bing chat proper. So pretty cool to see how they're actually baking it in um, and again with citations. So love to see that. All right. YouTube is adding a new short thumbnail secretion. That's what it That's says. That's a misspelling. I do Matt not like Navarra. that. Secretion feature. Ugh. <laughs> you can secrete thumbnails. Ugh. No. Okay. Sounds like an impression. I think he meant to say YouTube has added shorts thumbnail selection feature on iOS. Do you know what they actually call them? Just nails. What? Just short. I don't need the thumb. All right. And what's that music? It's time for Barry's Charts with Greg. 
All right. In this week's Barry's Charts with Greg, we are analyzing the March 2023 core update. And we have, I'd say that these are moderate. And I give the, these charts this week maybe like a seven. Right? Out of eight? Out of 12. So I give it a seven out of 12, I'd say. And the first chart I loved shows a little bit of an uptick when the update hit. But I just liked it because it was from Serpu. Serpu. I like that. I feel like it should be Serpu. But it's Serpu. Yeah. I feel like it's inaugural chart. You've got to make it in. Congrats. Yeah. Okay. Second place this year, or this, this week, was Semrush. And I really enjoyed Semrush. If you look at February <laughs> 18th through February 23rd, it's almost as perfect circle as you could ever set your little eyes upon. Except then at the end in February, it got a little voluptuous, a little naughty. So it made it the second place. But I really love that little stretch there from February 18th. And this week's winner, SERP Metrics. If you just look at March 6th on, you can just see it looks like somebody just sat their butt right down in that chart. You got butt imprint. You can see cheeks in there. Whose butt is that separated in the middle? Oh I gotta talk to Sir Metrics. I don't know who they let into their uh, into their server. It's room an AI butt. All right, and that was Barry's charts with Greg, an audio program for visual charts. All right, in the no. How is this news news? 96% of customers are annoyed by marketing texts. I'm in the 4%. I buy everything. No, on text marketing text. No, you don't. I love Just, the promo codes I receive. In- we're going to have a get together and it's gonna, we're going to pretend it's like, like a learning thing, but it's going to be all the listeners and we're just going to have intervention. Why? For A. Can we do some captions? Your use of the captions. <laughs> yeah. And then B, buying things off text. Do you, well, open up, do you open up junk mail that comes and subscribe to things? No, I do not. You've seen how many unread emails I have in my inbox. No, no, I mean paper mail. Are you one Oh, of those I people? open every oh, piece just so I can there, flatten it and recycle there, it. Diving through the value I pack. love to open no. an envelope. Guilty pleasure. I love opening That's them nice. as much as I it love is. sealing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh I God. agree. Thank you, Nicole. We need, we're going to have an intervention. Next time she's off, Nicole, we're going to set it up because she never listens. I won't. Okay, and Semrush, a.k.a. SEMrush, a.k.a. can't get them back, a call back to advertise with us. Semrush says, what factors lead to success in content marketing? And number one is researching our audience. Number two is search engine optimization. There's a whole bunch more. They also have which tactics help the most to boost your ranking. The top result was creating more content and posting more often. Actually, don't look. We're going to do family feud style here. What content formats perform best? Texts. Okay. Nicole. Blogs. Ooh, Blogs. I'll give you that. Short form article, second. You need the first one, Nicole. You can still win. What type of content performs best? Video. Number one answer. Nicole wins it. Wait, I got it? Woohoo! Yes. And that Only is number one. Only if it's Neil Mohan. <laughs> that performs. I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. Seven and a half minutes of it. Um, all right. Yep. Video, 45% were the top there. And then the, there's also some stuff on article types. So go check it out if you want at semrush.com. Bud, what's happening in social? Hey, it's me. All right. First up in social this week, Meta has officially rolled out paid verification for Facebook and Instagram. One might say the news is now verified. I'm hilarious. You guys should laugh more. All right. We talked about this before, but to recap what you could get for $12 to $15 a month, depending on whether you subscribe on your phone or your computer, you get proactive impersonation protection, direct access to customer support, and extra stickers and stars to do with what you will. 
I want to get rid of the spun. I don't want to see a story about the spun ever again. What are you talking about? You're never going to believe what Aaron Rodgers oh, thinks. Yeah. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Can't believe it. They were saying. You just hit yeah. X. X. I don't care about football news. I don't want this. I don't want it. And all you get is you'll never believe what Gardner Minshew did yesterday. Can't use Facebook anymore. No Unusable. One, no one knows what you're talking about. But if you want to spend that twelve to fifteen dollars more wisely, bless Nicole Farley. She reminded us what else we can get for that same price or less. Disney Plus, YouTube Premium, HBO Max, and a whole load more. You can see the full list in her coverage of this on Search Engine Land. So I love the sass, Nicole. You can also get two boxes of Girl Scout cookies. That's the going rate, huh? Six dollars. Six dollars. How a many box. cookies? I don't know. Like the they still come in sleeve. like the reams. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They for, haven't changed the box. We're talking about best bang for your buck, 12 bucks, a shiny box of Huggies. <laughs> All right. WhatsApp groups are getting a couple new features in the coming weeks. One, a pending participants tool, which is cool. It gives admins the ability to decide to decide who can join the group before they do, which is good. On the user side, they are rolling out the ability to search a contact's name and see their group memberships, which is cool. It's aimed at building connections between users that share common interests. I love that. The platform is also working on a new feature that would allow group membership to expire after a set period of time, but this is just a test and there's no official word on when that will be available. From Platformer, Meta is building a decentralized text-based social network. Is this the Twitter replacement we've been waiting for? I would say no. But the TLDR is that Meta sees a hole in the social world where creators and public figures can share timely updates about their interests. I think they're just narcissists and think they can do anything better. Um, And according to sources... Adam Masseri is taking lead oh, on this God. project, and he we all know that Instagram is so text heavy that he's going to do a great job at this. It's going to be yeah, it's it's like it's going to be text based, and you're opening up, and the only thing you put in is emojis. It's been like that stupid emojis. Those are text. <laughs> there was remember that one social network that was just emojis. No, but I only do emojis. Why didn't we do that? That would be so fun. Stupid. <laughs> Elon Musk tweeted, "Twitter will open source all code used to recommend tweets." On March 31st. Congrats, everyone. We want to look at that. Speaking of emojis, I got a message last night from Julie Pacini at Neptune Moon on Twitter, PPC Chat, listen to it Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And she says, and sent over a Google Small Business tweet. Mm. It says, the use of double sparkle emoji by Google Small Business Twitter account. They're listening to you. Yeah. There it is. Wait. Sparkle. Manifesting multiple sales for your small business today. I love sparkle. to manifest. That's why I sparkle. If anybody wants. Cease and desist. I actually, I'm now using most of my time in life to troll the Google small business account. And whenever they put up something stupid, I just tag Adam DeFrisco. <laughs> okay. I get notifications. I wake up in the middle of the night when they post. And then I see it. And I'm like, pretty good points. Right, Adam? We were 45 minutes late starting the show. I had nothing to do with that. This is what Greg is using his time for. He's not preparing. Get out of here. (laughs) Anyway, fighting the good fight. Thank you, Julie, for bringing that to my attention. I will be suing. All right, from the rumor mill, it sounds like Twitter might be planning to give tweet replies from blue subscribers a boost. Do you get what you pay for? I guess you deserve it. It's fine. Um, Alessandro Paluzzi spotted some new text formatting options that are in development on Twitter, like bold, italic, and underline. Everybody's favorite treatments. I'd love to see a strike through. I want that. According to TechCrunch, Twitter might also be testing a government ID-based verification for blue subscribers. I just The point is, I don't want to say blue subscribers. I think we need a better name, and I think it's Bluebirds. 
Ooh, I like that. You like? Yeah. yeah. Love it. Perfect. Okay, so a last update here in social and from PC Mag. I'm just gonna read this because it's good. Good luck tagging your specific location on Twitter anymore. The latest in a series of Twitter cutbacks removes the access to location data from Foursquare's platform. Who knew anyone was still using that? Meaning you can't tag a specific place in your tweet. So RIP in peace. They're just a big data broker now. Well, maybe less big now. Now it's time for this week's W-T-H. Misguided. I hated all of that. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> Get rid of it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about a trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly, see what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. All right. And this week's W-T-H comes from ABC News. And OpenAI CEO Sam Altman gives an interview. I think it's about 20 minutes. It is scary. He's like, a, he's like, here we have fail safes. He's talking about how like how it's going to replace or enhance, maybe not replace, but impact every job on the planet. It is like worth the watch. If you're really into AI, like this is out of all the crap that people are tweeting. This is actually a really good one hearing from the source himself. So check that out. And that brings us to our real life segment straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. All right, and for Working Hard or Hardly Working this week, Working Hard is Google Custom Columns. I finally took the time to replicate all of the custom columns I wanted to see in all of my Google Ads accounts, and my life's better for it. But I do wish that you could copy and paste them because it did take longer than it needed to. Feature request. Mm -hmm. So for me, I talked last week about that appointment scheduling feature in Google Calendar for office hours is how we were using it internally. So this week, update, the office hours are working hard. People are using mine. I saw yours get used today. Yes. I feel like everyone should know that they can just come talk to us anytime. But I feel like when you actually dedicate that time, people use it. So if that could work for you, try it with your team working hard. All right. And something working hard for me this week, I just want to take a second to acknowledge that one Jessica Lee Budd has celebrated this week on Saturday, 10 years here at Cypress Store. And she came via a Craigslist app, for the record. And she reached out and was like, hey, is this a real company? And I'm like, I no. knew we had the one. <laughs> and the thing is, like, we, we weren't then. Yeah, we but like, we are kind of now. We are now. And I just want to say, Jess, it's been Aww. an absolutely amazing 10 years. I wouldn't want to be working next to and now leading the team with anybody else other than you. You're a powerhouse. You work harder than anyone there are so many long nights that you've put in and um just really thankful for you i'm thankful for dove antiperspirant (laughs) (laughs) really sweaty thank you i didn't cry though thank you greg that's that's so nice here's to 10 more and now for this week's cool tool as a reminder our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention we're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really really cool this week's cool tool makes using AI way easier. 
Missy Shep. It is the chat GPT prompt generator from Hall Analysis, aka Joe Hall at Joe Hall on Twitter. It does just what it says it is. It helps you write a good prompt to get the most out of the AI support that you're soliciting. You can just answer a few questions like content type, the tone you want it to use, words to include, words to avoid, reading level it should come out as, and so much more. And then it spits out a prompt that you can then give to ChatGPT or Bard or whoever. Uh, you can bookmark this before the machines take over completely. I suggest that you do. We'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And we'll keep it here with ChatGPT and the API in the must-read marketing article of the week from Search Engine Land by way of Tom Demers. He's got a post called Your SEO Guide to the ChatGPT API. Now this is how you write an article, folks. Tom killed it. He talks about how you get your ChatGPT API key, the pricing, the tokens, API use cases for SEO, a whole bunch of prompts, how you can use it for longer content, title tags, description, schema, all these different use cases. And then he's got a whole section of FAQs for when you get stuck, because you will. This is advanced stuff, and this is what the must-read marketing article is meant to be about. I'm submitting this for must-read marketing article of the year. Do we do that? No. Okay. No, we should, though. Well, if we mm -hmm. did, Tom. You win. Congrats. Okay. Thank you, Tom. And remember, folks, if you want all these links, Tom's links, to hear about the chat GPT, please go to marketingoclock.com forward slash newsletter or community.marketingoclock.com to get all the links from today's show. On to our playlist of curated songs to work to, which you can find over at playlist.marketingoclock.com. What's going on Spotify's playlist this week? Okay, for me, this is one thing that you see on like Reddit once a year pop up and don't don't get it twisted. Like I don't listen to this, so like I'm not trying to sound hip or cool. Mm -hmm. I just like seeing it when I see it on Reddit. There's an accompanying video you have to watch. It's Dead Mouse and it's called The Velt, right? And so what happened is he was streaming live and somebody tweeted him and said, "I saw your SoundCloud audio and I wrote I wrote the lyrics. To, I wrote the vocals to it. And he's kind of cocky. And he's like, yeah, this is going to suck. I'm going to tear it apart, dude. Like, I'm not going to hold back. And then it comes on and you see his face. And it just changes. And he's like, he didn't like one part. But he's like, you can see he's like, oh, my God. He's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Used the vocals in the track. I love that. Just a super cool, real moment. And That's so when funny. I hear, when I see that every now and then, I think of the song and I like listening to it every once in a while. So what is it? The Velt, V-E-L-D-T, and it's about a short story about like toys and kids or something like that. Jess, what are you adding to the playlist? I have listened to the song at least six times today, and it's been on repeat constantly for me this week. It's 451 by Brand New. Nicole? And I will be adding Territory by The Blaze. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Thanks for listening. We miss you already, and we'll see you next week. Can't wait. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we cover. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday marketing news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... 
shoot the hack and get the intro wrong. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Shep's not here, obviously. <laughs> so this week, we're going to play everybody's favorite game. It's called The Little Things That Are Worth Paying Extra Money For in Life. Okay, so this can be something that you just should upgrade. You should buy the next version, like one version up, something that you don't want the base level, right? Or you want a better brand, something like that, that is worth the money. All right, Jess, you want to start? Yes, please. I didn't know that specific directive. I thought it was just something that was worth paying for. Paying for, sure. Okay. So, because my first one is toll roads. I feel Agreed. like there are maps will try to send you the way that's toll free, but it takes longer. And I will pay for the I'll pay the toll. I'll pay for the toll road. So it's yeah. not like a name brand, but it's the right way to go. And it's like here are two options: one, you have a toll, and one takes another two hours. Yeah, like don't even show me that other no. one anymore. Plus, I don't. I, I don't. You're have gonna get the time. stuck behind a truck. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to go the speed limit. The toll roads are always they have a fast lane. Mm -hmm. You can use it. Like yeah. Yeah. And with the easy pass, money doesn't exist. It you doesn't. just drive through. Yep. There's no tolls. Nope. Anymore. Nope. Cashless yeah. tolling. All in. All right, Nicole. A coat. A winter coat. Mm. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. After you're done growing, just dry clean that thing. It'll yes. last forever. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's going to be warm, thing. especially mm -hmm. up here. Mm -hmm. Tables, you playing or you want to skip this, sit this one out? Yeah, I'll play. Uh, so everybody saw the AA art earlier in the show, and I think that is something worth paying a little extra for <laughs> in AA art. Uh, <laughs> you don't program. want that Kmart AI art, huh? No. Okay. And is it a serpentine? Yes. No, it's, it's to it's me. It's not a draft, going, right? It's just a round robin. Land, thanks for um, acknowledging me. Appreciate it. No um, all right. So something for me that is 100% worth its weight, the extra money, a good pair of gym shorts. If you have a pair of gym shorts, there are good ones and there are real bad ones. And if you've got good shorts, you get the little liner in there. You got the little foam pocket. You can go running with it. Mm. Good gym shorts are worth the upgrade. What are we talking dollar-wise difference? 50 bucks. Wow. Yeah. That's a big difference. 60 bucks. You really value your time at the gym. Well, it's worth the extra extra money. You don't have like, you're not going to have accidents where like something could, could take a show out. A show <laughs> you need the liner. You need the liner. Uh -huh. That's what I'm saying. What kind of accident? <laughs> like if you're upside down or something and you're, you're oh, short. Oh, okay. So you that kind of accident. Yeah, yeah, like we all like, thought like pee in your pants. Pre-cut fruits and vegetables. Ooh, I disagree. Really? Yeah, you want to cut disagree. a pineapple? I yes, do not want to cut a pineapple. slicer just for it. Nope. You put it, cut, cut the top out, nope. you rotate it in, it mm -mm. cuts these little rings, cores it immediately. It's $3 on Amazon. You buy that and you buy the pineapple. Nope, I'm not doing that. Fresh pineapple. I'm also not going to eat the whole pineapple, so I, I will spend more for less food mm -hmm. that is prepared for me. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. So it's having an accident at the gym. <laughs> Control your bladder. Nicole. Um, Pre-made salad kits. Ooh. Instead of buying... The salad ingredients. You know why? Because everything expires after two days. I'm not going to eat like five pounds of arugula, okay? Mm. <laughs> but it sits in the bag and it gets all wet and brown. You got to eat that salad kit pretty fast too. Not to be a contrarian. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's two meals, right? You split it in two. Yeah. All right. So. Tables. I'm going to go with running shoes. I've oh, that was on my list. You can I've really had screw cheap running up shoes, yeah. and uh, they hurt your knees, your ankles, everything. You have to spring for the good ones. I just mm -hmm. bought it. What's your brand of running shoes? I like Adidas. Adidas. All right. <clears throat> I just got three sixty ones. What's that? It helps you like if you have a 
uh, wonky arch. Hmm. It's like stability brand. That's really nice. good. Okay, for me, we'll do another round here. Is this, I guess in my, I'm still on this last round here. <laughs> so I would say glasses with anti-glare. Yeah. These don't have anti-glare, yeah. and every time I put them on, somebody tries to get a picture for the show, and they're like, oh, you're, I can't see with your glasses. Just pay the money and get the anti-glare one. I'm like, I don't know if I like these. Bad call. Always get the anti-glare. It's like five bucks more. Yeah, completely concur. Um, for me, you're going on vacation. You are spending money. Get the hotel room with the view or the balcony. I feel like my mom was one of those ladies that would not pay the extra money and we would just be like against mm-hmm. a wall for the cheaper room. You're on vacation. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the view. Get a balcony. That's worth it. You're worth it. In the same vein of travel, um, direct flights. These days, I will not do a layover, especially if it's... Wow. Wow. Well, I will, but it has to be... It has to be... Because I'm going a long way and there's no direct flights from Buffalo because okay. there really isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. But the layover has to be like over three hours. I'm not I'm not going to risk it with those hour, 20-minute layovers and be that person on the plane that's, excuse my language, bitching because <laughs> they're the one that booked the, the short turnover. So... See, I'll take Pay a layover in T5. If I can get oh, a T5, yeah. I'll you take a layover. I'll be Cancel like, my flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. T5 in JFK. It's a JetBlue uh, terminal. All right, tables. Okay, so I didn't know that you had to spring for these until basically I discovered that there was a difference between good paper towels and bad paper towels. Ooh. But when you spill something and you don't have the good paper towels, you have to use like 20 of them. It doesn't soak everything up. I'm going to say spring for the good paper towels. The quilted quicker picker-upper. Wow. No free ads, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And my last one here will be something that you just don't want if it's at like a budget restaurant. You just do not order. You only order this if it's at a nice restaurant. So it's a little – I'm making – I'm moving the goalpost around a little bit here. That's fine. But you're at a diner, something that is not like upscale, don't order. Go upscale – have to order eggs benedict a good eggs benedict is unbelievable but you can't it's like really hard to do it and people that are like frying up a million flapjacks and um, you know scrambled eggs they're not really going to take the time for the holiday sauce yeah, they're, yeah. that's coming out of a packet that's a powder right Ooh. there's gonna be no yeah. paprika on top like mm-hmm. right like we're you're not gonna get you don't get it at the budget place mm-hmm. get it at the fancy place if you're at a diner, you want greasy anyway. I feel like that logic's just good. Oh, was that it? That was it. Great. All right. And that, <laughs> we, I don't know what we do here. I won. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>